We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. What's going on, everybody? Another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. I know, you thought this was the chase scene in The Born Identity. And suddenly, uh, Matt Damon was going to pop out. Well, we got that's not what's going to happen here, but what a great song and a great movie. We'll get to that in just a second. We've got a fantastic show for you. We've got news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gatulo. Uh, Instagram, at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com. Slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albert g at nycradio.com. We're also on iTunes as well. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows uh, on that platform and Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio, and the Hopped Up Network. If you head over to the Hopped Up Network on Monday mornings just before 6 a.m., you will get the podcast version of this show. So, um, Paul Oakenfeld, right? Is it Oakenfeld? Yeah, Oakenfold. Uh, Paul Oakenfold. Ready, steady, go. Uh, that's the chase scene music uh, from The Born Identity uh, with Matt Damon. What a great chase scene. He's in an old, beat-up uh, um, mini and, you know, takes the police through this, this uh, crazy chase in Paris. And um, it's, it's a really cool scene. It's a great movie. Uh, Matt Damon, I think, was very underrated in those movies, especially that first one. That first one kind of snuck up on you. Um, you know, it was a, based on the Robert Ludlum book uh, that it was out in the 70s or whatever it was, uh, you know. And um, they finally adapted it and made a movie out of it. And um, it's just a great, great, tightly action-packed movie with a really good story. Um, you know, the other movies, the sequels were, were, uh, were decent. They weren't fantastic, but they were good. And then he comes back in Jason Bourne, uh, which I thought was really good. You know, years later, and they you know flush him out again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, good stuff, real good stuff. I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, now, coming up in twenty minutes, Jason Stein, he's the brewer owner of Timber Ales, will join me. This guy is making fantastic beer that is being brewed actually by a Connecticut brewer, but he's based in New York. Does that make sense? Well, it will in about twenty minutes from now. Um, I've had a number of his beers over the last, uh, I'd say, month and a half, and. Um, Every one of them is fantastic. His stouts are unreal. Uh, his IPAs are spot on. And uh, this is a guy who is essentially a, was a home brewer and now has this brewery, but really he's a gypsy brewer. It's, it's a really cool story, and uh, you definitely have to check it out coming up uh, in about 20 minutes from now. But let's dive into the news and notes. We've got a lot to get to here in this first segment. It is crazy. So um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter and on my uh, Craft Beer Cast page and I posted it in a couple of different places. So um, on September 11th, uh, which is a horrific day for the country, uh, during a Dine Out to Remember fundraiser, the State Liquor Authority of New York, an inspector, 
checked up on Joyce's Tavern. Um, apparently, the Eltingville Eatery lost its license to sell booze. Now, it's this is such a crazy story. So Councilman Joe Borelli had a book signing there at Joyce's Tavern about his, uh, his new book uh, about revolutionary Staten Island and about how the Revolutionary War affected Staten Island, right? So he has this signing outdoors in the patio. Um, Councilman Borelli, no fan of the mayor of the city of New York and no fan of the governor, and has tweeted lots of different things about them. Joyce's Tavern has a sign in front of their, um, in front of their restaurant that says Cuomo is killing our business because people want restaurants to open sooner. And I get it from the science standpoint and all the other stuff or whatever, but now they're allowing restaurants to reopen at the end of this month in New York, but at 25% capacity. And the argument is, well, the rest of the state is open at 50%. Why can't we open at 50%? We need to make money. Whatever. I'll let people, you know, hash that out, you know, in, in a different forum, right? Not here. So Joyce's Tavern hosts uh, Councilman Borelli. The next night on September 11th, they're holding a fundraiser. Dine out to remember that a number of restaurants are going to take a proceeds of their money that they make that night, which, by the way, they're not making a lot of money to begin with. They're barely keeping the lights on and paying their employees, if that. And they're going to donate it to Tunnel to Towers, a wonderful organization by Frank Siller that has done amazing things for people for years now. Amazing, right? They whacked Joyce's Tavern with a $25,000 fine because the state liquor, inspe- the, the liquor inspector said he noted 10 seated patrons who appeared to be consuming beverages. They weren't. They may have been having water because they had been standing for hours and needed to get off their feet. Another person referred to as a patron sat at a separate table also appeared to be consuming food and wine. I've heard from a number of people that didn't happen. Um, the owner of Joyce's, Joe O'Toole, supposedly confirmed to the in- inspector that the tent top had just finished eating. In the recording of the hearing, O'Toole reportedly maintained that a pregnant woman was in the party. So illegal dining, of course, is illegal until the end of this month. But here's the thing. Joyce's Tavern has never had a mark against them since 2015. That's five years. Uh, it, 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 is, it is absolutely ridiculous. Now, the, the owner, uh, Joe O'Toole, said he would not comment on the details of the situation to the Staten Island advance. Uh, per his attorney, he did say, just want to say thank you to everyone for the thoughts, comments, support. And as always, the community has our back as we always have theirs. They started, uh, they were back out for takeout and delivery uh, this past Monday, but couldn't serve any booze. Um, but it is ridiculous that this is essentially political retaliation by Governor Cuomo to send the, to send the state liquor authority there because they don't like Governor Cuomo. That's essentially what it is. That's my opinion on it. I, I don't have any facts of that matter, but that's my opinion. So a woman created a GoFundMe page to help them to pay their debt. Well, within hours of putting this up, they had surpassed the $25,000 limit, well on their way past 40000 uh, as of a couple of days ago. So, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. So now attorneys Lou Gellarmino uh, and Mark Fonte, who represent Joyce's Tavern as part of IROAR, which is the Independent Restaurant Owners Association Rescue, they have sued the city and the state to speed up indoor dining. Um, and, you know, the media has been all over it, and the St. George-based lawyers told the, the advance, obviously we were concerned that Joyce's might be targeted. They added in a statement, the O'Toole family operates their restaurant in a socially responsible manner, has followed every one of governor's executive orders. We intend to vigorously defend their restaurant and more importantly, their reputation. We will be speaking to the state liquor authority and hope to resolve this matter quickly. I I am just beyond upset uh, 
that something like this could happen. And to Congressman Max Rose's credit, he has tweeted out to the governor and others saying that this needs to be reversed immediately. They're holding a fundraiser to tunnel to towers. You come in on September 11th on a day that has affected New Yorkers so profoundly. Councilman Joe Borelli, livid as well, went after you know both the governor and the state liquor authority. Um, and as he told the advance, this is a disgusting abuse of power by a sycophant governor hell-bent on overcompensating for sending COVID patients to nursing homes. Our neighborhood bar, the place that constantly has charity events, sponsors our Little League teams, gives back in so many ways as the latest victim. When will common sense return? It is ridiculous. And the other thing is, Joyce's Tavern was never visited once by the state liquor authority during this pandemic. But suddenly, after Councilman Borelli has a book signing and the restaurant is holding an event for September 11th, the guy happens to conveniently show up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but something doesn't sound right here. All right. Now, let's move on. I'm as, as PO'd as I am at that, let's move on to this. So there was a bill that went through the New Jersey legislature that would have allowed an existing loan program to help brewers and distillers that was vetoed by Governor Murphy. It passed both houses unanimously. Now, apparently the bill was to expand this existing loan program administered by the New Jersey Economic Development Authority to include loans to small producers of alcoholic beverages for qualified operating expenses during a pandemic. Um, it, it, it basically allowed them, uh, vineyards, wineries, um, brewers as well, um, to, to get a loan here, and these loans maybe would have been issued at an interest rate equal to the prime rate or up to three percentage points above the prime rate to help these businesses out. The governor vetoed this bill uh, this last Monday. Um, no explanation given. Uh, I just wonder why it was when it passed both houses unanimously and the governor decided to veto it. Is there not enough money in the fund to fund these people? I can't imagine that these brewers would be asking a lot of money. And also, it was capped at 10 employees. Now, you'd say 10 employees, that's not a lot. There are a few breweries that employ more than 10 people in the state, but many of them employ far less than 10. So I'm a little puzzled as to why uh, the governor did this. Hopefully, we'll find out more. And when we do, we'll get it to you. Finally, Motorhead has a new has a beer. Actually, it was a beer that was uh, done with a, uh, a craft brewery, Cameron's, um, back in 2015. Uh, Road Crew IPA. Uh, which is now being made. I'm trying to see here who is making this. Where is? Uh, let's see. Ale Asylum. That's it. Ale Asylum is making this beer for Motorhead. Um, and uh, Phil Campbell, the guitarist for Motorhead, says, I'm delighted that the U.S. now gets to have road crew in their homes regularly and that our American-based fans can savor this world-class rock and roll beer. Uh, it is, um, they, don't, they don't give you the details on what the beer is. It's a pale ale. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's an Indi- oh, I'm sorry, it's a, it's an American IPA. Uh, so this is really cool. So you got a Motorhead beer that that'll, that'll be out, and hopefully, uh, have to see. We'll have to track down the brewery and see if we can get uh, a couple of cans of that to try. So uh, big fan of Motorhead. I love Motorhead, and got to see uh, Lemmy and Motorhead uh, about a month before he passed uh, a couple of years ago with my neighbor, and uh, glad I got the opportunity to see him. He was not well, but boy, he could still. Uh, bang out that bass and uh, and could sing. So uh, that was pretty exciting. And when we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world and lots more to come, including suds and duds at the end of the hour and some good beers that I've had over the last week and a half or so. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Algachulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, via email at albergy at nycradio.com. Don't forget, iTunes, uh, you can do a search for AG Craft Beer Cash. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. We're also on radio.com, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. If you head over there Monday mornings before 6 a.m., and I'm going to try and get the shows up sooner after they finish on Sunday nights. This way makes it easier for you to listen to um, right after the show if you can't listen live. But you can always head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com. And you can listen to my show and a plethora of other great shows on the Hopped Up Network, all talking about beer and music and all kinds of fun. And speaking of music, Judas Priest's Free Wheel Burning, a um, friend of mine that I used to work with over um, at another radio station, uh, it, it's so funny, Laura Calla, posted something earlier this week. I had totally forgotten because we can't go to concerts. Everything's been canceled or postponed. This past week I was supposed to see Judas Priest. At Prudential Center, their 50, 50th anniversary tour. You know, they've been performing for 50 years. So um, I had totally forgotten about it. And she had posted something about it that they were supposed to be there and they were going to tailgate with me, you know, hang out with me in pregame. And they were listening to a bunch of priest albums, one of them happening to be Defenders of the Faith. So um, sadly, they uh, Judas Priest will probably be out next year. I know they've rescheduled a bunch of concerts. They can't uh, concerts. They canceled the one that we were supposed to go to, and hopefully they will be back for a North American tour next year. Obviously, it'll be their fifty-first year, but you know maybe we won't count it. Just like I won't count my fiftieth birthday this year. Let's put it that way. Coming up in ten minutes, Jason Stein. He's the brewer owner of Timber Ales. Will join me. This guy is killing it with his beer. Started out as a home brewer and. Now he's making his beer professionally for sale, but he's doing it as a gypsy brewer. He's not opening his own brewery. So we'll talk to him about that, how he got started, why he decided to go this route instead of trying to open a brewery himself. Lots of other great things. We'll talk to him in just under 10 minutes from now. So outdoor dining uh, is big in New York City, uh, and a lot of lawmakers think that it should continue indefinitely in the city. Um, it is supposed to shut down at the end of October. Mayor de Blasio had said, you know, October 31st, we're going to end outdoor dining. But a group of Manhattan Democrats uh, say that outdoor dining has served as a lifeline to many small restaurants and has been essential for their survival. Councilman Mark Levine, uh, Congressman uh, Adriano Espaillat wrote to Mayor de Blasio on Monday, and they think that it should continue indefinitely. In the statement, they said allowing restaurants to safely continue Exterior dining with the use of heat lamps and other equipment to provide a warm, ventilated environment will provide restaurants the ability to earn vital additional revenue. Now, I don't know how much revenue they're getting. Some restaurants are saying it's barely keeping the lights on, but something is better than nothing. Uh, Manhattan Borough President Gil Brewer, Assembly Members Carmen De La Rosa and Al Taylor, State Senators Brian Benjamin and Robert Jackson, also signed the letter to the mayor. Uh, they wrote, this will also prevent restaurants who have paid tens of thousands of dollars for barriers, platforms, and safety-related equipment from having to demolish and find storage for these items until the following year. Since June, the city has allowed restaurants to serve customers on sidewalks and streets as part of a Phase 2 of the Big Apple's reopening. Of course, the um, indoor dining will be opening on September 30th, but you're limited to 25% capacity. Um, You know, even de Blasio said, look, it should be permanent. We need to figure out a way to do it. And he said it's been a great victory for New York City and we should continue it going forward. So everyone's on board here. Let's get some legislation in place that makes it permanent, that allows these businesses to continue 
outdoor dining. Now, I get it. You want to sit outside in 30-degree weather and eat? Uh, some people do. Some people don't. Maybe if it's 45 degrees, you will if there's a heat lamp and you are you feel like you're uh, well covered. I, I know there's a bunch of people going to say, I'm not going to do it. I'll get takeout or whatever. I understand that. But give people the option. If you don't feel safe going indoors to a restaurant and you still want to have that you know, date night experience and be outside, maybe you do that. I don't know. I think it's... I think it's a good idea. I think they should continue it and keep it as a permanent part of New York City. That's just my two cents. Now, a big deal that happened earlier this week, Yingling and Molson Coors have partnered up. Now, Yingling is still independently owned. It is the, uh, Yingling is the oldest brewery in, uh, in the United States. Um, they've been brewing beer for 191 years. So they have la- launched a long-term brewing partnership. And this is so that Yingling can be sold in more places around the country. This partnership will allow the distribution of Yingling beers to expand further west for the first time in its history. Because Yingling is mostly an East Coast beer. The joint venture between Yingling and Molson Coors will oversee any new market expansion beyond the 191-year-old brewer's existing 22-state footprint, plus any future New England expansion. The partnership expected to begin in the second half of next year. It'll be governed by a board of directors consisting evenly of Yingling and Molson Coors family members and executives. Uh, again, as I said, Yingling uh, and Son remains a family-owned business. The existing company will operate separately from the joint venture with Molson Coors. So they are not selling their company. They're basically partnering up and using Molson Coors facilities elsewhere in the, comp- uh, in the country to make Yingling beer to get it to people further west qu- as quickly as possible. That's essentially what I get out of this deal here. Um, they'll come up with different, uh, you know, They'll brew Yingling products, and again, like I said, they'll expand their geographic footprint beyond their 22-state capacity. So kudos to Yingling. That's great. I know there's a lot of people on the West Coast who've never had a Yingling. It's a good beer. Uh, it's not a great beer, but it's one of those, you know, if you see it on tap somewhere and, and there's nothing, there's no other options for me, I would have a Yingling. That's how, how good it is. And I know a number of my friends uh, drink Yingling that don't drink craft beer, quote-unquote craft beer. So uh, good for them and uh, good for Yingling and Molson Coors. That's uh that's really good news and uh, should get that beer out to other places where you'll be able to experience starting the second half of next year. Our good friends from Heavy Seas have now come out with a low-calorie IPA. This is another one of these rage beers that everybody seems to be jumping on now because people are trying to drink less calories. And so uh, the next release from their 15-barrel brew house, City Sipper Low-Cal IPA. Uh, it is available in four packs of 16-ounce cans. It'll be a curbside can release. Uh, starting September 25th through the 27th. Uh, it is a 4% ABV with 95 calories. I'll be interested to try it to see how it tastes. Um, they say here that it is just the right amount of fresh key lime juice to create a hazy aromatic crusher, uh, low alcohol, low, cal- uh, low calories, and low carbs. So uh, they used, uh, let's see here, malted wheat, Sabro Citra, and Simcoe Cryo Lupulin Powder Hops. Interesting. Uh, and the label, the label looks great. Of course, it's being de- designed by local Baltimore artist Chris Gipple of Night Shift Creative. He has designed all Heavy Seas 24th Anniversary. Uh, he-, he designed the uh, 24th Anniversary beer label this past December. And all the taproom exclusive beer labels will be designed by Chris uh, this year. So kudos to Heavy Seas. Hopefully I can get a chance to get a can or two of that because I'd really like to try that low-calorie uh, IPA and then uh, our good friends from Founders. This is cool. Big Luscious is back now. This is a beer uh, that was a part of the brewery's backstage series 
back in 2014. They are releasing it now. Six years later, they decided to uh, release this beer again. Uh, it is uh, raspberries and chocolate, dark chocolate, uh, a big yet balanced beer. Uh, I am very interested in trying this one. And as uh, Brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki says in the press release, since locale beers and seltzers are all the rage right now, I thought it would be a good time to bring back a beer that drinks like a dessert. You know, to zag while everyone else is zigging. The chocolate is rich and sweet. The raspberries are tart and bright. While a blend of wheat malt, chocolate malt, and roasted barley provide a perfect velvety malt backbone. It is uh, just under 8% ABV. It'll be available in four packs of 12-ounce bottles and on draft across the brewery's 50-state distribution network beginning in October. Uh, it'll be available in the Founders Tap Room September 30th uh, with a price tag of $10 a six-pack. That's not bad, but that is uh, only in the tap room at $10 a six-pack. Outside of the tap rooms, pricing will vary on market, uh, but that's great. Uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm uh, eagerly looking forward to getting a couple of bottles of this, sharing one of them uh, with my neighbor, Greg, because he is a big Founders fan, as am I, and... Um, I am looking forward to a nice chocolate raspberry-type stout. You know, we've had a little bit of spring, uh, fall weather here uh, over the last couple of days in New York City. The weekend has been, um, you know, kind of cool. So uh, it'll be, it's, it's, it's the perfect time to have that nice coffee uh, roasted stout. That's, uh, for me, that's, uh, that's a big deal. So uh, that'll be really cool. And I um, just want to make mention again, uh, the, uh, in our last segment, we talked about Joyce's Tavern and how the State Liquor Authority uh, came down hard on them. Of course, the governor has come out and said, no, nah, we we're, we're not targeting them. The State Liquor Authority says they're not targeting them. I don't buy that. Kudos to everyone who has donated so far uh, to, this, uh, to this GoFundMe page. Um, it, it is really important that we support as many small businesses as you can, right? This is a, a business that has never had a violation, and it's a shame that... Um, Somewhere politically, and I think the governor did this, but somewhere politically, you have people uh, retaliating simply because of their freedom of expression, that they don't like the governor, and they feel that the governor is killing their business, and they decided, uh, the state decided to retaliate against them. That is absolutely, positively wrong, because who notified the state liquor authority? Come on. You're telling me all of a sudden this, this, this place that had never been on their radar and suddenly they get picked, you know, they get picked on on September 11th. I don't know. Something doesn't smell right there. And anyway, when we come back after a short break, Jason Stein, the brewer owner of Timber Ales, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Yeah, it's a concert I should have been at this week. Unfortunately, all concerts canceled. Judas Priest and their 50th anniversary tour. Rob Halford, the lead singer of Judas Priest, has a biography coming out. First time he's ever written a biography. That's coming out next week, which I must pick up a copy of because Guy is uh, was my idol listening to uh, heavy metal way back in the day, and I've talked about it on the show plenty of times before. Uh, but, uh, you know, music, beer, all of these things just seem to go together. Uh, and my next guest, he is the owner and brewer 
who is brewing as a gypsy brewer. He's making killer stouts, IPAs, barley wines in conjunction with 12% brewing. I, I first got introduced to them uh, at my local uh, joint in uh, Clark, New Jersey, Paragon Tap and Table. The uh, general manager said, you got to try this stout. Pours me uh, one of... Uh, uh, the one of the stouts, uh, you know, in a can, and I was just absolutely blown away. It took me an hour to drink it, and it was the best hour that I've had in quite some time. It was delicious. We're going to get into all of it in just a moment. You can follow them on Facebook and also Instagram at Timber underscore Ales. Let me welcome to the show the brewer owner, uh, Jason Stein. Jason, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Jason, i got to tell you, first off, I've had a number of your beers over the last, I would say, 30 to 45 days, and every one of them, and most of them were the stouts, but then I had your IPA, the People Pleaser, and, and uh, or is it Power to the, I, I want to make sure I get this right, it, uh, uh, People, people power. power, that's right, People Power, the one with the Statue of Liberty on it, it, it a fantastic yep. IPA, uh, just, I love what you do, and you started as a home brewer, so what made you decide to take that next step forward? Um, so I was a home. I started as a home brewer. Uh, before that, I was actually a journalist for a few different magazines, just uh, doing kind of beer interviews. And it kind of got to a point where I was talking to so many brewers that were making these incredible beers that I wanted to kind of pick their brain on how they how they brewed some of these beers. So I kind of leveraged that relationship with some of these brewers to kind of get more into home brewing and build that foundation as a home brewer. And eventually. Uh, Alex Blank, who's one of the founders at 12% Beer Project in New Haven, mm-hmm. uh, reached out to me and was like, what are your thoughts on scaling up your homebrew project? Um, so that was probably last November, and then uh, first beer was in December, a barley wine, and kind of gone from there. I think we're at the 17th beer will be brewed next week, so wow. it's been quite a, quite a ride, considering this is, my, this is a side project for me. So. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, and, and that's what's interesting yeah. about it, is that most people, they get that bug of home brewing, um, they start to upscale uh, what they're doing, and you know they have friends and family, and everybody's telling them, you should open a brewery, you should open a brewery, and then they eventually decide, okay, I'm going to do it, and you go through the business steps of what does it take, how much money do I need, do I have friends who are going to lend me money, can I get a loan, what am I doing? Some people are fortunate that they have you know, capital, you know, to, to sell, to be able to open up a brewery. Others don't. But you had, you had a friend who said, hey, why not come with us and brew the beer? Sort of, you know, a gypsy kind of brew uh, operation. So that's that's kind of unique in a way that, you know, you have these guys in Connecticut, a 12% brewing project that say, hey, you can use our tanks. We love what you do. Let, let's help you out here. So it's it's really a partnership between the two of you guys. Yep, yep. I think it's very, it's a little bit different than normal contracting, where I feel like for a normal contracting, you would normally rent the space out, right. uh, kind of front the money, bring everything there, and you'd be in charge of selling it yourself. Right. I view uh, kind of what 12% does more as a partnership, mm-hmm. whereas I talk, I talk to them, this is what I'm thinking, beers, this is what I think about brewing, get your thoughts. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's my decision on what I brew, but um, I always pick their mind on what they think in terms of it, since they had their... Uh, they have the background on selling and marketing, so right. uh, kind of work like them as a partnership, and um, so far it's been great. Well, let me tell you something. For me, I'm glad because I'm enjoying almost everything that I've gotten <laughs> from you So that's that, that I've been buying, so that's fantastic. We're talking with Jason Stein, the owner and brewer uh, from Timber Rails. He's brewing 
Uh, I, I, you know what? Can't even call it a gypsy brewery. Within a partnership, making killer stouts, IPAs, barley wines in conjunction with 12% Brewing Project in Connecticut. You can follow them on Facebook, also Instagram at Timber underscore Ales. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So when you were brewing at your parents' house all those years ago, because I saw the story in Forbes, I saw a couple of different things, and you were, you were mm-hmm. schlepping your stuff out to Long Island to, to brew at your parents' house. What was the biggest problem that you faced in producing your beer at your parents' house? Uh, so I originally started brewing it at, 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 in my apartment. My right. wife, uh, once we bought an, bought an apartment, she was like, it's not happening anymore. <laughs> right. you can't, you can't, it's not a rental. You're not ruining the kitchen. Right. Uh, so moving things out there, uh, I, uh, it's, it's, it took a lot to kind of scale up. I had to change the entire brew system when I went out there. It's also the fact that I would have beer out there that would ferment. Uh, I had like a freezer chest in my childhood bedroom that would ferment. I think the issue was more of not always being there to kind of check on it on a daily process. I had to kind of right. rely on my dad to be like, hey, can you open up open up the lid of the freezer chest? What's going on in terms of fermentation? Send me a photo. And kind of judging it for that, I think that's kind of the biggest deal. Before that, I kind of had everything uh, fermenting in the apartment. I kind of could, could check on a daily basis. Um, okay. So... That is that probably the, the hardest part for me. And and why the first beer that you started brewing was a barley wine? Usually, when people are starting out, and I've never home brewed, but I know a number of people who have. Usually, when you start out home brewing, it's usually a lager, a pilsner, something. You know, a barley wine is a is a complex beer uh, to to brew right out of the box, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I knew when we when, when I talked to Alex and we discussed what Timber House was going to be there and what it was going to kind of bring was this idea of a a barrel program. That's kind of the the first focus for Timber House is we we are focusing on putting our stats and barley wines into barrels. Um, what you see now in cans are what is going into barrels, but we, we will adjunct it appropriately to kind of get what we would want from a fresh beer. So what you're tasting now is like the fresh base with a specific adjective in a can, but that original base is now in a barrel. Um, so we want to really kick off that barrel project with a, a big beer. So it was whether we do a stout or a barley wine, and that barley wine was brewed in collaboration with two individuals, Horace Age Ales, which is out of California, mm-hmm. and Mindful Ales, which is in New Jersey yep. and Jersey City, and he's trying to kind of scale up and start his own brewery. And we had done the beer... Uh, a few years ago as a homebrew project and I kind of thought like kicking this off I want to have a recreation of a beer that I did as a homebrew with two friends and kind of I thought it'd be a good way to bring everyone together to kind of here's the here's the pro, here's the brew project here's Timber Ales we're going to be a brewery that does both collaborations and non-collaborations but I wanted to start off with a barley wine which would be kind of unique and you don't really see too many barley wines being brewed up, up here on the east coast at least you don't see even like fresh barley wines when you normally see a barley wine. It's usually aged in some type of spirit barrel. But I, I kind of wanted to bring something new and unique to the table to kind of kick things off to uh, kind of get our name out there. And I, I, I think we're talking about right now. I talked to both of those guys yesterday. We're going to kind of rebrew a new version of that this December, probably. Um, I think it's going to be an annual thing where we will change what adjunct we put on the fresh barrels, but I mean the fresh beer. But I think what's in barrels, I, th- I tried them last week. I think people will be pretty excited when it comes out, probably in early 
early 2021. That's very cool. Talking with Jason Stein, he's the owner and brewer from Timber uh, Timber Ales. He's brewing in a partnership with 12% Brewing uh, Project over in Connecticut. He's making these unbelievable stouts and IPAs and, of course, as we just talked about, barley wines. You can follow them on Facebook, also Instagram at Timber underscore Ales. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, not only am I enjoying the beers, uh, Jason, but um, I, the, I simply love the labels. They are eye-catching, lots of forest and lumberjack-themed labels. Was that the thinking behind naming the beer Timber Rails? Uh, yes. So um, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a, a funny story. But, yes, I was the first time I added a beer to Untap was a homebrew, homebrew beer, and it was actually called Lumberjack, in Lumberjack style, uh, was the beer. And I just forgot that when you add a beer to untap you kind of have to add a brewery name and i was like i have no idea what to make name this brewery so i was just thinking lumberjack timber and let's just call it timber ales that's kind of like a joke joke at the time i just wanted to be able to have my beer on untapped and kind of just stuck um uh (laughs) it's kind of just a a drunken upload to untapped i wasn't really thinking about it and then uh i was like once i kind of had things rolling and it actually became a brewery i was like I guess we should just call the Timber Ales. It makes the most sense. There's no brewery called Timber Ales out there. Um, well, they, so that, they, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, so it's kind of started like that. The artwork was originally uh, the artist for Treehouse Brewing. Uh, oh, did sure. My art, did my artwork as a home brewer. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was scaling up, I had reached out to him, and he had said he was just kind of too busy and bogged down with all the projects he was doing at the moment. So it kind of went on a search to try and find an artist that would capture what I was looking for, much the scenery and landscapes. I wanted the, the artwork to really tell a story. And for all the labels, there is a, a backstory that we kind of create with that. And uh, I found this artist, his name's Sean Bodley. He's out of uh, LA. Um, and he's a former, he's out from Wisconsin, moved out to LA, has a studio out there, and was kind of like, I've never created a beer label. This sounds pretty cool. Like, I'm totally down to kind of partner you with you on this project. And it's, so far been great. I, I loved his work. Um, I, I'm very happy that I found him because I love all the labels he creates. I come up with these crazy ideas and he uh, somehow recre- uh, creates them to be exactly what I intend to. Uh, I, and I have to tell you, I mean, I, I see some of these labels and I'm like, wow, I got to get this. I got to get that. In fact, I think one that's <laughs> sitting in my refrigerator right now and I haven't had the time to crack it is uh, Cosm of Darkness because I just loved the kind of city landscape kind of um, you know, uh, like the sun is setting and the moon is kind of rising, and I was like, you know what, I got to buy this just for the label alone. I have to buy it, and that's cool. I love that's what I love about exploring about beer. If I like a label, even if I, you know, n- I might not necessarily like the beer, uh, the the label is cool, and I want to get it. So, kudos to uh, to the artist, and kudos to you. My guest has been yep. Jason Stein. He's the owner brewer of Timber Ales. He's brewing in partnership with Twelve uh, Percent Brewing out in Connecticut. This guy is is just killing it with the stouts, the IPAs, the barley wines. This is unbelievable. I'm so looking forward to trying more of your stuff. You can follow them on Facebook and also Instagram at Timber underscore Ales. Jason, thanks so much for giving me a couple minutes tonight. Very much appreciate yep. it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Anytime. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. <laughs> Final segment of the Alga Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine 
670 the answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo. Instagram at Gatulo. G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. And uh, you can also uh, find me on iTunes. Google Play is going away uh, very soon. And not happy about that because I love Google Play Music. Um, it has been really a boon for me for the last few years to be able to store my music. Uh, on Google Play, but now it's shifting to YouTube Music, and I'm hearing a lot of complaints about the app itself uh, on cell phones and stuff. I've used it on my tablet, and it's not that bad, but they don't—they simply don't curate the songs like the way they did in Google Play Music. It was very easy for me to find what I was looking for and then be able to click on what I wanted to play. Now YouTube Music wants to play the video instead of my catalog, which is its a little annoying. But anyway... Um, we're Alexa ready as well. We're on radio.com. We're also on iHeartRadio and the Hopped Up Network. All you got to do is head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com and you can listen to the podcast version of this program, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m. So, uh, suds and duds, and it's interesting, um, couple of really good beers that I had over the last week or so and, uh, very happy to, uh, indulge in them and let you know about them in just a moment. But, um, something that I had mentioned earlier in the show, this whole thing with Joyce's Tavern, and the State Liquor Authority and Governor Cuomo, and uh, to to an extent Mayor de Blasio. But I don't know if I can really fault the mayor on this one because the, the Liquor Authority is run by the state, so it's really, it's really Cuomo's fault here as opposed to de Blasio's, as I said. So uh, Joyce's Tavern, uh, as you know, uh, the story that I, I spoke about, um, was hit with a $25,000 fine, and their liquor license was suspended uh, last week. And it was suspended essentially... In my in my view, I think because Governor Cuomo or Lord Cuomo, as some people like to call him, um, doesn't like people criticizing him, and so this is his way of retaliating towards businesses and individuals. Right. Um. So Joyce's Tavern had an event for Councilman Joe Borelli for his book, outdoor patio, social distancing, uh, went fine. Right. The next day. They held an event for, uh, you know, for 9-11. A number of restaurants in the area got together, pulled their resources and said, look, even though we're not making money, we're going to donate a portion of our proceeds to Tunnel to Towers, right? A great organization. Frank Seller does an amazing job at Tunnel to Towers. We talked about it earlier in the program. So they do this whole thing. And lo and behold, what happens? The next day, you've got the State Liquor Authority showing up and finding these people. Now, uh, somebody had set up a GoFundMe page for them. They shattered their goal of $25,000. they are trying to reach upwards of forty grand. Um, and kudos to them that the, the, you know, so many people and myself, I donated as well uh, to help these people because here is a struggling small business that's just trying to survive. And it's disgraceful uh, that, you know, the governor and the state liquor authority can do what they do with no recourse, with no... This is a place, as I said earlier in the show, never had a violation, never had any issues whatsoever. And suddenly the State Liquor Authority appears and and slaps them with a twenty five thousand dollar fine where they're making no money whatsoever right now. They're not making it. They're not turning any profit. They're barely keeping the lights on. And this is what you do. This is how you retaliate. Shame on you, Governor Cuomo. Shame on you, State Liquor Authority. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. And he'll say, no, it's not him, and it's not his fault, and et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? In my opinion, 
I do think it's his fault. I think it's retribution. He's done this before. We've seen it, and he's doing it again, and it's a shame. But I just wanted to let everybody know, Joyce, that they it far exceeded the goal that they needed to reach at twenty-five thousand. They're pushing for forty grand. I'm sure they're going to get there. Uh, and kudos to everyone who has donated. Good for you. And that that just that makes me feel good that people can come together that quickly to put together that money. I mean, within a day or two, I think they had their goal uh, of twenty-five thousand. That's awesome. It's amazing what sometimes social media is a good thing. The power that social media provides is a really good thing sometimes. That's cool. Let's get into the suds and duds. Um, had the can version of Knucklehead Hall of Fame which from Untied Brewing, which, of course, named after uh, Governor Murphy and his comments about don't be a knucklehead uh, during the pandemic. Uh, such a great beer. It really, it's, it's hazy, it's juicy, it's got all of the elements that you want for an Imperial New England-style India Pale Ale. It's just, a, it's, just a great, it's just a great beer. I love it. I'm, I'm thrilled to drink it. I think I still have another can or two. Uh, left in the fridge, which is a good thing. Then went back to uh, a classic, which I haven't had in a while, but my neighbor had this. I brought him a can of Knucklehead Hall of Fame. And um, he pulls out of his refrigerator Dogfish Head's 90-Minute Imperial IPA. And it's been a while since I've had the 90-Minute. Let me tell you something. This is a great beer. It's always good every once in a while to go back to beers that you've had before and you haven't had in a long time. Because, look, let's face it. The classic IPA is a West Coast style, very malty type of IPA, right? That bitter bite and, and the maltiness to it, and kind of caramelly. Um, we don't obviously a lot of people. I shouldn't say we've gone away from it, but it's not a style that um, brewers are making uh, right now. They're making stuff that's approachable, easier to drink. Um, the juice bombs, the haze, all of that stuff, right? But that's not a classic IPA. Classic IPA has that bitterness to it. You want to make that bitter beer face. That's the kind of you know IPA that you want to drink every once in a while. Or at least I do, because I enjoy them. So uh, the 90-minute is such a malt bomb of goodness. It's so good. And it's, it's actually, when you, when you think about it, it's actually smoother than you think. It goes down nice. It's a delicious beer. 16-ounce uh, can, fantastic. Just good stuff. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to revisit the classics every once in a while and go back to something that you haven't had uh, in a while because it reminds you of that, that first moment when you, you have a new beer and you go, oh, what is this? You know, that's uh, honestly, I think that's the kind of um, that's the kind of thing that I love uh, a lot and going back to those memories. Uh, Source Brewing came out with two beers uh, last week that I uh, that I picked up. One is their Farm Fest uh, Marzen. This is a great beer, nice and toasty, smooth, uh, low on the ABV, great color. Love the label, uh, pumpkins and kind of you know fall fall foliage and stuff on the label. Great job with the labels and uh, just a great job with the beer. This is a really good, easy drinking beer. Now, a beer that really surprised me, that I didn't think was going to surprise me, actually did. The collab between Stone and Modern Times called Wizards and Gargoyles. It's a hazy coffee IPA, right? I did not think I was going to like this a lot. I've had some coffee IPAs, and they have not been that good. And so, you know, it was one of these kind of trepidation. All right, let me pour it in the glass and see what happens. I'll probably take a couple sips, and I probably won't like it. I really enjoyed this. The coffee is very subtle but there. It was a delicious beer. It is hazy. And then when you drink it, you get that, you know, IPA, all the IPA characteristics of a hazy, and then you get that little bit of coffee on the back end of it. And it's really good. I was very shocked at how much I enjoyed this. 
Um, uh, very impressed. Stone, Modern Times, great job. Don't hate on this one. Uh, you know, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, ah, I don't know, it's not for me. Trust me, pick up a four-pack, try it. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Torque Wrench by Industrial Arts Brewing, fantastic beer. Had it on tap at Paragon Tap and Table. Everything these guys make uh, just tastes fantastic. I love it. Uh, then I had another one from Magnify, which, again, has been impressing me lately. Double Dry Hop, Smell You Later. Another solid beer from these guys. Juicy, really smooth, delicious. Loved it a lot. Um, just a great job from Magnify. Whatever they're doing, whether they're co-conditioning their beers more, whether it's a new brewer, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it right, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for that because you want to see uh, the local guys succeed. Uh, also had a, um, a Never Forget. That was the other beer that Source put out. Uh, this is obviously in tribute to 9-11. Uh, a smooth, juicy uh, IPA, fantastic. Uh, a portion of the proceeds of that beer, Never Forget, was actually being donated to Tunnel to Towers, which is awesome, uh, you know, in tribute to 9-11. So that's, that's great. Phil and the guys down there, always doing a bang-up job. Uh, and I just love uh, pretty much everything that Source puts out. It's just a really, really good stuff. Had a chance to jump over to Wet Ticket as we continue with our final segment, the Suds and Duds uh, segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, so they did a test ticket, finally, uh, of a new beer. Uh, Tim put this out. The Raspberry Porter. So my wife and I stopped by there Saturday night, sat out in the beer garden outside. Another winner from these guys. The Raspberry is so good, it was not overpowering. You got it. It's the, they had a great raspberry smell, and then the raspberry was there, but not. sometimes the raspberry can be cloying or a little too tart. This is perfect. It is well-balanced. It is a great, easy-drinking beer. I could drink this all day long. Kudos, Tim. You did a great job with this one. Put this one on tap. Uh, it is fantastic. It will definitely sell. And then finally, had the Juice Cannon by Heavy Seas, uh, a decent, juicy IPA, kind of reminiscent of the, uh, like, you know, a Gatorade type of drink. Um, it's, it's not bitter at all. It's got a very smooth feel to it. Uh, very nice. Thanks to the folks from Heavy Seas, uh, for sending me a couple of cans of the juice can and very much appreciate it. That was uh, a really nice, tasty beer. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing the amount of beer that's out there now, and it's amazing, uh, all the different styles and what people are doing during this pandemic. And it's so important to support these small businesses. It's so important that if you can, uh, you know, get a four pack from them directly from the brewery. Do it because you're supporting uh, you're supporting a business that is not only putting food on their table, but it's putting food on the tables of their employees. And it's important because small business is the lifeblood of America. My thanks to everyone involved in the show. And of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>